2: Morning! Happy Friday to you. Welcome into the last show of the week. Welcome into the last show of the year. That's right. It is the final Friday of 2023, and the final show of the year. Of course, we will also be off on Monday. We will have some syndicated program for you uh, because we are taking the day off. Here, we're going to be closed. We're going to spend time with our families, or in my case, with my TV. But uh, actually, I'm hanging out with my son this weekend, so I'm technically having some family time. But you can can always catch up on our podcasts if you miss us, because think of all that you missed in 2023. And it's all there for you in podcast form. We will also have New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad on this morning for her final time as the council president this year. And joining her will be Ward 1 Councilor Brad Markey, who is not returning to the council. He lost the election in November to Leo Choquette. So this will be his last appearance with us, You know, at least as a city councilor, as a private citizen. I'm sure Brad will stay involved and will uh, still be fighting the good fight for folks out there in Ward 1 and in the city. So we'll talk with them coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Until then, it's all about you, 508-996-0500. Had a great time yesterday at just another Phoenix in North Dartmouth. Had folks coming up to me during the broadcast saying hello and uh, coming out and having some of that Boston cream stuffed French toast. Oh, the best. They might still have it today. If you didn't get a chance to get out there yesterday, they might still have it today. You can stop in and ask. But even if they don't, you're, you're bound to found, bound to find something delicious. But uh, we still have some of those Seize the Deals available. If you are interested, you can go to SeizeTheDeal.com and you can get $50 in gift certificates to Just Another Phoenix for 25 bucks. And it comes as two certificates. So you know what you can do is you can keep one for yourself and give one to someone else. Maybe, uh, maybe somebody got you a gift when you returned to work and you're like, oh, yeah, right, I got you something too. And then, you know, you can give them that other certificate. Or you can just go twice yourself. But uh, it is one of the few places left where two people can go in and, and have breakfast for 25 bucks. You know, it's things are getting pricey. But as we talked about with Lisa yesterday, they've worked really hard to try to keep things as affordable as possible. Because they know that, you know, going out to breakfast is a treat for some people but a necessity for others. And also, they want to make sure that they can just keep everybody starting their day off right. I used to always say when I was a breakfast cook, when we would have meetings about having to raise the prices on the menu, the way that I would always kind of frame it is, well, I know we want to make every dime that we can, but at the same time, we have to keep in mind... The people who are coming in here to have breakfast in the morning are going to eat two more times a day. And they're going to need to be able to afford those meals as well. Especially whereas, you know, where where I worked, a lot of people came in three times a day. There were folks who were pretty much there from the time we opened to the time we closed. But for a a good portion of our clientele, they, they came for breakfast, they came for lunch, and... Some of them still came for dinner as well. So, you know, you've you've got to keep in mind the fact when you're a breakfast restaurant that this isn't just the one time someone's going to treat themselves that day or even that week to go out to eat. And Lisa is certainly cognizant of that uh, when they set the prices over there and try to make everything as affordable as they can so that you can still go out to breakfast and, and bring the whole family and not break the bank. So while we were having that conversation Uh, While we were having our conversations yesterday At Just Another Phoenix One of the things that I brought up was Something Chris had been talking about earlier this week And that is cutting the cord And I was getting some app chat messages That's just we had Jack Splaine come in And um, talk about the top stories of the year And and by the way, Jack is going to join me On Tuesday next week for turning on the light And we can cover some of those honorable mention stories that we didn't get to yesterday for the biggest stories of the year. But I was getting some app chat messages from people asking more about cutting the cord. And I would suggest to folks, you know, obviously if you have the ability to go on online, there's a lot of reference material on there about it. If you, and it all depends on your, your comfort with technology But if you are someone who has used Reddit before, you know, Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, Reddit has a lot of great communities where they are talking about how they cut the cord. And obviously, these are Redditors, so they need the internet. So you know that they are still making sure that they have internet, even though they don't have cable anymore. You could always go into a place like Best Buy and talk with some of the folks there. But essentially the key to cutting the cord is how you want to consume the content after you cut the cord. So if you want to get rid of your cable but you still want to be able to watch network television then you're going to need an antenna. And in fact, I would recommend that you if you cut the cord, you invest in a good Digital antenna. So the the old days of, of rabbit ears, of a coat hanger. I used to use a coat hanger on the back of my TV in my room. I mean, rabbit ears were better, but you know, then i have to tell my parents, oh, I need to go to the store and get rabbit ears. So I would just take a coat hanger, undo the screws on the back where the antenna goes, Bend the coat hanger around the screws, tighten them up, and then I could bend the antenna, bend the coat hanger to make it into an antenna. However, I felt I needed to do that. It might be straight up and down. It might be oblong. It might be, you know, a circle, whatever it may be. I don't know. Do they still have wire hangers or did we end up finally going no wire hangers ever? But that was always what I used. But those days are gone. You got to get yourself a digital antenna, which is pretty affordable. You can get them at a place like, I think Family Dollar carries them in that little electronic section. I know Walmart has them. You can probably get them at the hardware store. You can probably get them at Target. You know, you don't have to go to a Best Buy, but when you go to Best Buy, they're going to have some of the better options available. And obviously, again, it all depends on if you want to have an actual like real antenna installed in the roof, like you used to have to have the TV antenna back in the day. Or if you can get by with just putting one on the television itself. It all depends on your personal needs. But either way, it's not that big of an investment for that part of it. If you don't care about network television or, you know, the ability to watch live network television, then all you need is the internet connection coming into your home. And a smart TV or a smart device. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I bought a TV four years ago. It's still working. It's an HD TV, it's not a 4K TV. It's not a it's not a smart TV, but it's still working and I get it. I understand. But if you want to cut the cord and save money in the long run, you may need to invest in a a TV that's a little has a little bit more capability to it. And keep in mind too that not all smart TVs are as smart as you want them to be. So some of them have limitations as to what apps and services the TV will take. So you have to do a little bit of research to make sure the things that you want to watch, and that's also going to take some research to figure out the things that you want to watch and where you can find them. That's going to take some digging in online, some talking with the folks at the store, because if it matters to you to have, you know, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu, those are like the three big ones, right? If those three matter to you, well, then chances are any smart TV will will handle that. But if you want to have things like Tubi, Freevee, like things, you know, some of the the, the the free apps that will do more, well, not every TV is going to have those. Because for an example, Roku is competing with some of those services. So Roku might not have those services on some of their TVs, especially the entry-level ones. So that's going to be another challenge is figuring out what you want to watch and what services have it. Now that can be avoided by doing something like buying a fire stick. I use a fire stick. I don't we use it all that often because I have Xfinity and the Xfinity box now gets most of the the apps that I want to watch. In fact the only thing I was watching on it was Shutter, the horror streaming service. But you can get a Chromecast, you can get a Fire stick, whichever one of those works better for you, for like twenty bucks. You just plug it into the HDMI spot on the back of your TV Connect it to your Wi-Fi, and you can access those streaming services. Now, keep in mind that if you are streaming things and not having the ability for live television, let's just say you want to watch a network show. Almost every network show is available on someone's app. So if, if you watch NBC, NBC content is available on the Peacock app. If you have Peacock, whatever the top of the tier is, premium plus, I don't know, whatever it is, you won't get commercials. But if you have just regular Peacock, you're going to get commercials. And it's like two minutes of commercials when they take a commercial break. It's not a big deal. But, for example, I'm trying to think of what I watch on network television. Well, I watch, you know, obviously I watch WWE and Friday Night SmackDown is on Fox But I don't think that's available on... So Fox puts things on Hulu, but I don't think that's available on Hulu. You have to get... I don't know where SmackDown's available to watch. I know Raw's on Peacock, but it's always a few weeks behind. But I watch... The only other network show that I can think of that I watch is Quantum Leap, the reboot of Quantum Leap. That's on NBC. So if I didn't have live TV ability, I would watch that on Peacock. And I'd have to wait until the next day, which is fine because most of the time I can't watch a show till the next day anyway. So again, there's some research involved, there's some some work on your part to be able to do it. And then that work never really stops per se. If you are interested in tracking what new content comes out there, if you're, if you're happy with using say Peacock or Hulu or whatever, and you say, I'm just going to turn that on and see if there's anything new that I want to watch and not browse through it, then you'll be fine. If there's a new buzzworthy show that people are talking about, you might have to figure out where to find it. So for example, let me just give you an example of how confusing it got for some people. Yellowstone became a huge hit. It became the number one show on cable television. Like the most watched show. It was beating Monday Night Raw, which was the biggest show in cable history. It was beating, I'm trying to think of what other big cable show, you know, all those real housewives shows that people watch. It was the most watched show on cable television. So naturally, people are late to the party. They find out about it a couple seasons in, and they want to watch it and get caught up in everything. Yellowstone airs on the Paramount Network. Do you know what the Paramount Network is? Do you watch the Paramount Network? Probably not. Not a lot of people know if they have it or they don't. It is the former, oh, I, at this point, I believe it's what what was Spike TV. And before it was Spike TV, it was the Nashville Network. So that's what we're talking about here in terms of, you know, deep down in the cable tier. But Yellowstone was the big show that it debuted with. The When the network came out a few years ago, this was like their flagship show. And then people wanted to find it and they're like, well, I don't I don't have Paramount Network. So the reruns, the the you know, the on demand version of Yellowstone, the ability to watch it went to Peacock. They signed a deal with Peacock to have the streaming rights to Yellowstone. So if you had an Xfinity cable box, you were getting Peacock for free. So a lot of people caught up with it that way. And it's an affordable service if you don't. So that's how people were watching Yellowstone and getting into Yellowstone. In the meantime, Paramount launched its own service. Actually, it was CBS On Demand because all these companies, you know, are owned by somebody else. CBS launched CBS On Demand. And they had a few things, the Star Trek franchise. They had a Stephen King adaptation of The Stand. There were some good things. Eventually, as CBS On Demand, it, it fizzles out, but it gets rebranded as as Paramount Plus. And now people are looking for Yellowstone on there because you know Paramount Network, Paramount Plus. You would think that it would be there. It wasn't because they don't have the streaming rights. They signed that away to Peacock, and they have to wait for that deal to expire before they can put them on Paramount Plus. But in the meantime. They were putting new episodes from the latest season up on Paramount+. Plus. And also, they were creating spinoff series. Or was it 1893 and 1923? They're creating these spinoff series, or 1883. I forget. It was one of those two. But they were creating these spinoff series that people wanted to watch, that they were Teasing on Paramount Network, playing episodes of, and to see those, you had to have Paramount Plus. So now you've got two different streaming services that you have to subscribe to in order to watch one show and the spin-offs of one show. So you can see where it gets confusing. And that's the biggest show on television, the biggest show on cable TV that is you know causing that kind of confusion. So you can only imagine how much more difficult it gets for the more niche programming. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of an overview and doesn't confuse you even more. But in the end, you can save a lot of money. You're looking at about 80 bucks a month for your cable package if you get, you know, from... From Comcast or Fios or Google Fiber or whoever it might be, you can probably find cheaper, maybe less reliable, certainly less um, less likely to be upgraded internet for, for less money. But the work that you have to put in for some people, they just throw up their hands and say, you know what, I'll just keep my cable. And I'm still one of those people. I'm paying a lot of money every month for cable. I have the full bore everything package. In fact, the only thing I don't have is I stopped paying for stars and it's like $5 more a month. And I don't know why I don't just have it at this point because I'm already paying a car payment every month to to the cable company. 508 996 0500. I've got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. And more with you coming up after the news. But right now, let's go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Adam, your mic isn't on. <laughs>
3: Israel's military on Thursday urged more people in parts of central Gaza to evacuate as troops advance their offensive against Hamas. Meanwhile, in northern Gaza, more thousands of desperately hungry people surrounded a relief convoy hoping to get food elsewhere hezbollah says it launched more attacks on northern israel where fighting is stepping up between the iran-backed paramilitary group and israeli forces an israeli official told cnn that secretary of state Antony blinken is expected to be in israel next week to discuss the next steps of the war but israel's military chief has said that the war against hamas is far from ending despite diplomatic efforts the president of Mexico says an agreement has been reached with the U.S. to keep the border crossings open. Several crossings between the U.S. and Mexico were closed recently because of a record number of migrants at the border. In a press conference Thursday, President López Obrador said in an agreement with the U.S. has been reached and that rail crosses and border bridges were now being opened to normalize the situation. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a step closer to being on the November presidential ballot in Utah. The Salt Lake City County Clerk's Office said on Thursday that the independent candidate has met the signature requirement to qualify to be on the general election ballot. Kennedy must now pay a $500 fee and fill out official paperwork, making him an unaffiliated presidential candidate. Once he does that, Utah will be the first state where Kennedy will be on the ballot. A super PAC supporting Kennedy plans to spend $10 million to 50 million million to get him on the ballot in 10 or more states that include Arizona, California, Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Nevada, New York, and Texas. However, unlike traditional campaigns where they use canvassers, Kennedy is solely relying on volunteers, making the effort harder to get on the ballot. In sports, the Celtics defeated the Detroit Pistons last night in a squeaker, 128-122. to And the Bruins have a game against the New Jersey Devils tomorrow at 7 p.m. And now here is your ABC6 local weather forecast.
1: Areas of fog and cloudy skies. Mid to low 40s this morning, mid to upper 40s this afternoon. Slight chance of rain once again, and the wind will be light. Mostly cloudy overnight tonight, the temperature on the mild side, as well as we head into this Saturday. Saturday overnight into Sunday, conditions improve considerably. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM.
3: It's currently 42 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and... Get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app.
0: 1420 WBSM, as crystal clear as FM. Stream us on the WBSM app. Clap your hands. That? Oh,
2: we gotta wait for the robot voice. We can't come back in until we get the robot
0: voice.
2: Here it comes. That was a good drum break. All right, well, uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. So uh, this Sunday, of course, is New Year's Eve. And in addition to being New Year's, New Year's Eve, it's also Sunday, which means NFL football. And this Sunday, we have, well, listen, the Patriots put forth an exciting effort on Christmas Eve. Can they do it again on New Year's Eve? They'll be visiting the Buffalo Bills. You remember how that game went against the Bills earlier this season, right? So maybe the Patriots can pull off an upset here on New Year's Eve. Maybe they can catch the Bills getting ready to go out and party and kind of overlooking them. We'll have the game right here with kickoff on WBSM at 1 p.m., pre game at ten AM and the New England Patriots all season long on WBSM brought to you by Shooting Supply, Primacare, and D and J Enterprises. But actually, do you want the Patriots to win? Do you want them to lose these last couple of games and improve their draft position? Because it is supposed to be a strong quarterback draft. But now there are reports out there that the Patriots could bring in, especially if Bill Belichick sticks around next year. They could bring in Russell Wilson as the next quarterback of the Patriots to at least kind of mine the store while whoever they draft in the upcoming draft is uh, learning behind him. So I don't know how you would feel about Russell Wilson coming to the Patriots. He didn't play too badly in that Christmas Eve game, but he's won a Super Bowl. That's more we can say for Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. So, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How you doing? Not bad.
1: Happy New Year if uh, I don't see you or if I don't run into you. And I'm obviously not going to talk to you until the New Year. So, happy Happy New Year. Hope you, uh, your days are going to be pretty good. To you as well. Thank you. Um, so, something was on my mind as I was taking a shower this morning. And thinking about like, random stuff, but one of the things, you know, with New Year coming up, when I was thinking about, like, you know, business and and the economy, just real geeking out, like I normally do on this stuff, and it got me thinking, a lot of people are mired, not a lot of people, a a very small minority of people, but it seems like a lot, are mired in, in generational poverty, and and I was thinking, how do these people, how do we encourage these people to try and climb out of that rather than try and, and, and tell the next generation, you know, that the game's rigged, there's no point. We need to teach them to add value to their labor. A lot of these people say, it's just a hard work and it just, just work hard and, and you'll get out of poverty. And that's not true. That's not true because if if hard work alone got you out of poverty, the the day laborer and the the farm laborer would be wealthy individuals because they are probably one of the hardest working people in our economy. But they don't add value to their labor. So what we need to do, I think, in the new year is teach the next generation to add value to their labor. Don't just be a laborer if you're looking to climb an economic ladder. You know the day laborer or the the farm laborer learns to to fix the tractor for the for the farmer rather than the farmer having to hire a mechanic you're adding value to your labor now you can now you can start to demand more of your you know demand more from the farmer for your compensation so that that's one of the things that I was thinking of just the the whole Talking point of hard work and and you'll get out of poverty. Hard work and you'll climb out of the middle class and become wealthy. That's not true. You need to add value in the marketplace in the labor market.
2: Yeah, well, you know? but one other thing that I think plays into this, and and this is maybe a conversation we can we can have at a different time because it might be too deep. But th- there, it seems like for people that are on the lower end of the economic scale, consumerism is seems to be almost at a higher premium, they place a, a higher premium on that. Like, the, you sure. know, the, they they don't make as much money yet and they don't have as much money coming in. But yet they want to go out and have, you know, the latest gadgets. They want to have the nicer car. They want to, you know, the, they yeah. go out and have their nails done and they get a haircut every two weeks. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, I feel like and, and, and I understand why having been that person my entire life that right. it makes you feel better about yourself and what you're going Correct. through to almost look like I, I can at least look around and say, I have this, but I think right. that that disconnect. And I, I was thinking about that when I was, uh, you know, having a conversation with my son on Christmas Eve where he doesn't care about any of that stuff. And he's been able to sock away a bunch of money and he's setting himself up for a much better future than I had when I was his age.
1: Correct. Correct. Yes. That, that, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to teach them to save and then teach them to, invest that money and let that money work for them because, you know, and then obviously get into the passive income and all that stuff. But the reality is uh, adding value to your labor through education is one way, right? And in today's day and age, education is really cheap, really cheap. And I'm not talking about your formal education in regards to college and university. I'm just talking about books, and, you know, our, our, the most enlightened people in history, history, our founding fathers, you know, they, those people. And, and then your inventor, Ben Franklin, they just read books and they talked to people of the older generation to get uh, knowledge of what they did. And then also while you're young, it's, it's a little harder once you get into your, your mid to late 20s and into your 30s, but work for free. Offer two to three hours on the weekend in, in an industry that, you know, you're interested in and get that experience in return for that education and in return for, like, the, you know, the possibility of using them as a reference or, or what have you. Get to, to increase your value in the market. Your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your family, they, they look at you and you are priceless but the market doesn't care about you. They care about what you can offer in the market. And if you can't offer anything in the market, you're not going to be paid and and compensated. The the middle class is the middle class strictly because they do average things. If you want to be above average and you want to be wealthy and you want to have really nice things, you need to do abnormal things like take risk and, and learn more stuff and, and kind of, Donate your, your time while you're young to pay dividends when you're older. But that that was just... I get these random thoughts, Tim, early in the morning. I don't know if it's because I'm a morning person or what. Or no, no, I, no, I know I, what I you're talking about. Coffee.
2: My my friend my
1: mind starts going random ways and, and these thoughts just... And that's why I'm thankful for, like, talk radio because... My wife doesn't want to hear me
2: say it. No, they're called shower thoughts. I have the same thing. It's where I do my best thinking. <laughs> and I have a friend that whenever she needs help with her business, she reaches out to me and says, hey, next time you're in the shower, I need an idea. And we we call them shower <laughs> thoughts. So the yep. best stuff comes I, out yeah. of there. All right. Well, you have a good New Year's. Yes, sir. You too. Talk to you take next care. week. All right. Bye. All right. And let's uh, take another call here before we go to a break. Good morning. You're next on WBSM.
0: Hey, good morning. Happy New Year. To you as well. Yeah, generational poverty has a big competitor, and that's uh, generational wealth. So you know you're up against it right there. My advice is to anybody, if uh, you're a motivated person, don't work in a factory, don't wear any, don't take a job where your name is uh, pinned to your uniform. And at the same time, um, always look for an opportunity. Work for commission. Uh, don't get married till you accomplish some things. Strike out a few times before you start looking at that nine-to-five job. Uh, Get out there. Take your lumps and bumps. Maybe strike success, whatever. Sell yourself and exploit yourself, especially if you've got some skills like carpentry and things of that nature, roofing and all that. Make a lot of money that way. Get a certificate. Go to a plumbing school, things of that nature. Become a well-paid journeyman for a while. Get into the trades, um, this and that. Find yourself there, but always have options open. And even if you do find success, that's no reason to be, uh, say, comfortable. Mm -hmm. The best time to find a better job is while you got a good job. So that's why I wrap it up like that.
2: Yeah, I I like it.
0: Generational wealth is always going to be there. It's the cornerstone of the structure of the system. You have to find your way in. Sometimes you've gotta you got to be the stitch. You can't be the suit. You can't be the book brother suit, but you can be the stitch that holds it all together and make a nice, handsome living for yourself. But first of all, you've got to find what your strengths are and put them out in the market and exploit them. Nothing to do with an education of any kind whatsoever. you got to remember, I was a great institution, and so are all the Ivy League schools. They're all great institutions, but it took a mason to put one granite block at a time to build the institution and that man was well set when it was done what goes on in school has nothing to do with success at all as a matter of fact if you have social skills and you're young uh, get a boom block stop making tapes and doing things like that get your name out there you'll be able to run for local politics if that's your gig get into local politics that opens a lot of doors if you're a motivator Now, generational poverty is based on a fact a lot of unmotivated people because their senses are dulled by the humdrum every day. You can't do this. You can't do that. you blah, blah, blah. And you buy into it and you beat yourself up and you wonder why people don't find you attractive because you're not emitting any energy that makes people want to say, hey, what are you doing today? Hey, you know something? That's very interesting. Keep yourself well read. Yeah. So... uh, there's a lot of things that goes on to make a successful life and usually when you're very successful and how you think about yourself loving yourself first before you can love anybody else you're down on yourself the world's not kicking you in the ass you're kicking yourself in the ass and i'd like to say happy new year to everybody in a wbsm family
2: and right back at you thank you so much for the call And uh, we will take a break here. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in just a few moments. 508-996-0500. And, you know, talking about the need for people to put more of a value on their labor, more of a value on financial literacy. We know that, you know, we'll, we'll be talking a lot about that in the coming months in the early part of 2024. But again, I was having that conversation with my son and, you know, he's not wrapped up in buying the latest things, and certainly I was when I was that age. But he doesn't doesn't care. And I was thinking about it. You know, I got home, went to sleep, was kind of laying there in bed, and I was like, hmm, he's he's got a pretty solid foundation for where he wants to go. I mean, I wish he was a little bit more motivated about some things, but, you know, that's the generation. And so I, I was I was thinking about it. I said, why was I not thinking about the same things he was at that age? Why was I concerned about more materialistic things? And he's thinking more about, okay, well, I, I, I want to move out on my own, but I also don't want to have roommates and I, I don't want to have to pay rent if I can help it. Like I'm looking to, to you know, move out by buying a cheap place. Like, why wasn't I thinking that way? And I think part of it is when he was younger, he didn't really want for anything. Not that we were well off in any sense of the word at all. We were always struggling. But he wasn't aware of that struggle. We tried to keep him oblivious to a lot of that. He never really wanted things that were ridiculous anyway. You know, he was never like, I'd like a a horse, something that we couldn't afford. But if he wanted the new video game system, you know, for Christmas or his birthday, he probably got it. He was an only child. And so he was a good kid. So he never really went without. I didn't either. I mean, I guess I'm probably looking at it with rose-colored glasses because we certainly struggled financially. But I think that the way he grew up kind of built him a little bit different to put less of an emphasis on the things that he didn't have. And, And the reason why a lot of this conversation came up is because I noticed that his phone was the same phone that he's had for like the last, I think he's had it for six years now. And it's cracked and it's broken. And I said, you know, we can go get you a new phone. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I never really thought about it until the screen cracked. Now it's annoying that, you know, the, the screen is cracked. But other than that, like, I never really thought about it. Meanwhile, I'm up there upgrading <laughs> every two years. So it's just, it's a different mindset. And if you can get into that mindset, you can... You can be a lot more strategic about your money and about your finances. Anyway, I've got to take one final break here. We'll be back in a few moments. All right, that is going to do it for this hour. Coming up in the next hour, more of your phone calls 508 996 0500. Also, your app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. We will also be joined in the eight o'clock hour by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. It'll be her last appearance with us as the council president as her term is ending. Uh, At the end of this year And then also we will have with her Ward 1 counselor Brad Markey Who has uh, been voted out And will be wrapping up his time with the council this weekend